So lots to enjoy. My first guest today knows all about the stresses and strains of being a racehorse trainer. He also knows a good deal about success because his tally of winners goes right up into four figures. He's a classic winning trainer. He's trained two homebred winners at Royal Ascot and a homebred classic winner for his uh, former bosses, Andrew Black and Michael Owen. His relationship with them has now ended in a much publicized split from his role at Manor House uh, just before Christmas time and he's now re-establishing himself in his former base in Lambourne from where he sent out group winners at the July festival when he was just in his second season with a license. He's been assistant trainer to Rafe Beckett, he was also a successful jump jockey for Martin Pipe and he sought the counsel of some of the very best in the game. Uh, he is of course Tom Dascombe. Tom, good morning. Good morning Nick, I don't think there's much I need to say anymore, I think you've said everything there is to say. It's been it's been eventful though, hasn't it? If you'd if you'd said, say twenty years ago, you'd be in this position now with this many winners under your belt, a classic winner, and all the stories and ups and downs that have gone with it, would you have been surprised, or did you always think you were jumping onto a roller coaster? No, I think um, if you'd asked me twenty years ago, I'd have said you're nuts. Um, and, uh, no, I mean, look, I've just loved every moment. And um, I'm blessed that um, horse racing is something I just totally love. And to just be here, what have I worked in horse racing? 30, 33 years. And to be able to say you've done that and still want to get up in the morning and do it again. I can't believe there's that many people in the world that are lucky enough to have their their absolute passion as their job. I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? No matter what life's throwing at you, or no matter what difficulties or scrapes you get yourself in, if you're still, for that split second when your foot hits the floor in the morning, feeling the same way that you did 33 years ago, Yes, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it. great. Um, I mean, you know, there have been, obviously, there have been tricky times. Um, but um, it's on the whole, it's been an absolute pleasure. Can you remember, and you've done a great piece with James Byrne in the, in the post this morning where you talked about your teenage years and your experiences with your grandfather watching racing and your, your dad as well. Can you actually remember a moment where you thought, I'm hooked on this? I, I love this sport and this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I think that would be tricky to say really because I mean my earliest memories are of just horse racing um, and wearing a riding hat and I don't think there's ever like a key moment where it triggered. It's just all I ever wanted. Was it, and was it horses? Anything yeah, to horses, do with horses? horses? Was it the animal that, horses. that got you? Yeah. yeah. Um, and particularly thoroughbreds. Um, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time with other horses and um, one, of, one of my favourite horses is a cob, which was a wonderful hunter, still is, and, um, but he doesn't have the brain of a thoroughbred. And being with thoroughbreds is... That's what I want. So... It's the fact that they can, they can think faster 
and you can do more with them. They have more agility, yeah, and you I, enjoy I, you, So you've always enjoyed that training aspect of it. I think that if you can go to the sales and buy earling that you can afford, and find somebody to own it, because I can't afford it, and educate it with a good rider and put it through the stalls and get it to the race course and it wins, it's just like, that's cool. And that, like breaking them in, I totally love it. And um, yeah, I think, you know, that's, uh, that's what I love about the game. So you've gone from this position at, at Manor House where you're probably training 100 plus horses? Maybe 100, something like that? Roughly. Yeah. yeah. And you're now setting back up in Lambourne again on your own with the financial pressures that that entails. And you've got a dozen. How are you coping with that? How are you adjusting to that pace of life? Uh, it's obviously an awful lot slower. Um, it's, I'm not starting again. I'm rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And that's what I keep trying to tell myself, you know, this isn't a new venture. It's just I've changed postcode. And it does seem strange where you have a, you know, a horse run, let's just say last Friday, and you haven't got another horse running until next Saturday. And you've got eight days without going to the races. And that, that's the tricky bit, mm -hmm. you know? Because you don't want to run her the next day, you want to run her in the next race. You want to, you know, that's how it is, isn't it, you know? And so I've just got to be patient. And patience probably isn't my strongest <laughs> um, attribute, but, uh, you know, that's, and we've just got to build and build. And if you think, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had three horses and on Monday we've got our 14th horse arriving and by the end of next week we'll have our 15th and just got to breathe deeply and be patient and it'll come. You said patience hasn't been your, your strongest suit. How have you managed to combine... I mean, you've recognised a flaw in your in your character. How have you managed to combine what you've recognised as that character flaw with such a su relatively successful career? Because everyone says, well, that's what you need to do this job. You need that patience. You need that that cool-headedness. Yeah, no, I, I, I think maybe I'm doing myself an injustice a little bit because with horses, I'm very patient. Yeah. Um, with people, I'm not. And... Um, just got to let it come, and it will. When did you first think that going to Manor House to work with Michael Owen and, and Andrew Black was a good idea? Um, almost straight away. Um, I got a telephone call, was asked, and right at the beginning it didn't seem the most sensible thing to do, but after that. Because you were going it, well, weren't you? You were having group yeah, winners no, no, in Lambourne. Yeah, I mean, it, it was completely uproot, and that was probably a more difficult decision then to make. 
Um, but I made it quite quickly because I don't believe in messing around. And um, look, it was, it was the right decision. I mean, it was the right decision. Um, uh, we had great few years together. Everything was cool. And um, everything comes to an end. And that's all I can say, really. It's just, you know, it was the right thing to do at the time. And it was the right thing to do at the time to leave. Uh, which, which parts of the job gave you the most satisfaction when you were, when you were there? Gosh, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Um, I loved living in Cheshire. Um, the parts of the job, I well, suppose... When were you were happiest? When I was at my happiest? Um, I think when I was at my happiest was probably... After the first season at Manor House, the first season was dreadful. And going from all the wonderful facilities in Lambourne to training on one gallop, um, and that's not a criticism, it's just a fact. Uh, and it was a beautiful gallop, and is a beautiful gallop, but going from all the grass and the long and the short and the back of the hill to go into train on one gallop and you had to teach the horses that they were going to canter and gallop on the same strip. Mm -hmm. That was quite tricky. I didn't understand it. And if I didn't understand it, I couldn't get the horses to understand it. And after a year, I think we got there. Um, and I, so I think the second year was probably the happiest time because mm -hmm. I realised... I understood what I was supposed to be doing. So you realised then, suddenly, you had a future in this. There was a future in the yeah, enterprise, and you could do it. Yeah. And then you were knocking out your, you yeah. know, your your base. Your base rate was kind of your fifty winners a year, and then and then build on top of that. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was very lucky. Um, actually, I'm going to see him later, Peter Deal. Um, I mean, he sent me a horse called Rhythm of Light, and. Um, she won at Royal Ascot and then Brown Panther. And I think that sort of time, pretty sure it's my second year there, it felt like everything had fallen into mm -hmm. place. And, and tell me about your, your relationship with, with Michael Owen then. Well, it's, um, I mean, we were... I didn't know him at all when I went there. Um, I knew he was a football player. Uh, I mean, is that literally all you knew? That's all I knew, yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember once walking into the office and there was this nice young man sitting in a chair and I said, hello, nice to meet you, you know, what do you do here? And he said, I don't work here. And it turned out it was Paul Scholes. And I have no understanding of football. I've got very little now. Um, but, I mean, Michael was a charming, lovely young man and still is, still is the same, just a little bit older, like we all were. But you got on extremely well. We've got on extremely well for the whole time. Um, and, um, you know, I, I don't have a bad word to say about anybody. These are special moments for you. And I think this is the sort of... Um, this is the sort of moment that people associate with your, with your career at at Manor House, isn't it? It's a, 
it, it's that sort of spirit of enjoying the racing, enjoying the day at the races, you know, that sort of camaraderie amongst the owners, the entertainment side of it. I know you a little, and I know that whilst you, whilst you are social, you are also someone who is quite, quite solitary in other ways. Did you find this aspect of it quite stressful? The idea of having things on all the time? I think that sometimes, especially Chester May Festival, things like that. Um, but I, I do think we took a policy there that, you know, we couldn't guarantee your horse would be any good, um, but I could guarantee you'd have a good time. Mm -hmm. And looking after owners um, was very much part of having a racehorse. And it still is, don't get me wrong. But I do think that there was, um, you know, a real plug of, you know, come to the yard and enjoy your day and yeah. see your horse and have a glass of champagne and we'll go for lunch. And that was a huge part of it. And it still will be a huge part of what I try and do because, you know, when you're paying... 55 pound a day you need to make sure you enjoy doing that so actually you feel that that's something you can take and learn learn a little from and, and bring yeah, into very your own much business so. i mean I, do, I don't really remember doing that when i trained in Lambourne before mm -hmm. um but i i do think that uh, it's very difficult to go and buy that yearling mm -hmm. and say this is going to be a rocket yeah um but I can say, buy this yearling and I'll make sure you have a great six months through the summer. So that, that relationship you had, similar ages, similar stages of your life with Michael Owen, clearly, clearly worked very well and is what sustained a dozen years at Manor House. Evidently, the relationship with Andrew Blackburn Black wasn't so robust in the, in the latter years. What do you think went wrong there, particularly given the success that you'd had together? I think really communication. I think that um, whether you're talking to your wife, your girlfriend, your owner, your whatever it is, communication is key. And I'm pretty sure that I lost a bit of heart with that communication. Um, and I think that it's sad, really, because, you know, Andrew Black came to Manor House to support me and I suppose ultimately you know that relationship disintegrated um, and we both ended up just giving up giving up on each other yeah really. yeah yeah and it's so sad because I mean you know if you think you know Clan Baldovina and she produced two Royal Ascot winners and there were lots of reasons to really be very happy, mm -hmm. um, but that's life. Was it just a, per just a basic personality clash, do you think? Just coming at the life from different angles? Yeah, I think. Chase Small Farm really developed, and I think his passion for breeding, and I, I don't know why I'm talking about him, because you know, um, I should be talking about me, but I think his passion for breeding became more integral into his life than having a racing yard. Mm -hmm. um, and what I saw was so important 
maybe wasn't quite as important, you know, to Bert. And um, I think we just drifted apart, really. And obviously, um, with him as a as a key part of the business, yeah, it becomes difficult. It bec it? Well, it becomes yeah. borderline it unsustainable, becomes, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. And um, look, I mean, I look forward to seeing Bert at Royal Ascot, and you know, um, there's there's no falling out. We just fell apart. I think that's the best way of describing it. And when you when you left. How much of a personal wrench was it for you? Oh dear, that's a tricky one. Um, my daughter was born there, and Daisy. Daisy, and um, when I had to tell her, that was probably the hardest part. Um, where are we going to live, Dad? This is my home, and um, that was the hardest bit. Um, after that, it wasn't a problem. But once you'd got through that, you could then clear your mind and think. Yeah, hundred percent. Building, and I'm not gonna, you know, it, the last few months. So the the first few months of this year were very tricky because you're there knowing you're leaving, but it's my license, so I need to make sure everything. Um, and the BHA were brilliant, um, but that was a tricky stage because I knew that 70 of the horses that I had wouldn't be coming with me, and I just needed to make sure that they were okay, and then wave goodbye. And it, I'm guessing it, it's quite hard to motivate your, yourself when you're you're doing a job and you're being paid to do a job, but you know that you're not going to reap the rewards of what you're actually doing in that moment. Yeah, it, it's not really that, because I don't really think I was living in the real time. I was thinking about what was happening tomorrow whilst doing what was happening today. Mm -hmm. And all you do is look after the horses, look after the staff, make sure everything's fine, but focus on the future. There's a there's a real intensity to the way that you you approach training racehorses. You you said how much you love it and how much you you love thoroughbreds, but I'm quite interested in in the way that you escape the sport. And you you've often said and you've said to me again this morning, you don't really watch an awful lot of horse racing. No. How um, do you square those two things? <laughs> well, it's so all-consuming, isn't it? You know. Um, and personally for me, however anybody else do, does whatever they do, it's entirely up to them. But I find that for me, the best way is to concentrate solely on me and my horses. So let's say you open the racing post and you've got a runner in the 2.15 at Ripon this afternoon. I will know whatever any of the competition has done and how we're going to ride our horse to beat them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I wouldn't sit around on a Saturday afternoon watching horse racing on what's it called, ITV. Yeah. I would be taking the dogs for a walk, spend the day with my daughter, switching off, just not fussing about things that are totally out of my control. 
Um, I mean, it's lovely watching Jim Crowley win, you know, the lock-inge, because he's my best mate, and I, you know, that is important to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I wouldn't watch Thirsk on a Tuesday afternoon, um, because I don't really think it does anything for me, apart from make me think, I wish I had a runner in this race. And then you beat yourself up, because you haven't. And, you know, it's, I can't believe that all football players watch football all day long, or tennis players, or whatever, you know. I'm only interested in my horses. Yeah, I... I there are times when it's tricky because an owner will ring you up and say, oh, you know, I'll say, how are you, you know? And they say, yeah, great, after my winner yesterday. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I didn't even watch it, you know. Um, yeah, well done with that one. Um, but it's how I focus on myself, my horses. I just... It suits me. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because that, that level of single-mindedness is, of course, going to be your, your greatest strength and arguably or your... Yeah. downfall. Well, possibly, uh, possibly only insofar as you mentioned that story with the owners. And, of course, all, all, all the owners, and some more than others, they, they just want you to talk about their horses with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And things can go wrong all the time. Mm. And actually, all they want is just to talk about horses. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I totally get that, but... Um, I think it's very easy to drive yourself mad. Mm -hmm. And the only way of not driving yourself mad is to have a focus and then have a break. Do you think, as a person, you're better now, even though you're in a less obviously advantageous position in terms of number of horses and you know, business, etc.? Do you think, as a person now, you're better equipped not to drive yourself mad, in your words, than you were, say, a decade ago, when you're sort of going a million miles an hour? Yeah. Have you slowed yeah. down a bit? Yeah, I, no, I don't think I've slowed down at all. Um, I mean, I don't mean are you about to get your Zimmer frame. No, no, I just no, mean... no. I, I, other people tell me that. Uh -huh. um, people that are close to me tell me that I'm more relaxed, whatever the word is, I don't know. Centred, maybe I don't know. Oh yeah, I just, I, don't, I, you, sometimes you just can't see yourself, can you? And um, I'm pretty happy with who I am, and I'm pretty pleased with where I am, and I don't think I've got too much to concern myself about. Um, and maybe I am a little bit more relaxed. Doesn't mean I. Don't want it anymore. There's a, there was an interesting piece in, in James's article this morning, and it and it's something that you've hinted at a little bit before. I get the feeling sometimes you've you've thought of yourself rightly or wrongly as a bit of an outsider, as a bit of an interrupter, rather than someone who feels completely at home within the sport. Is that something you still feel? No, not not consciously. Mm. Um, I mean, if you think about it. You know, I'm not from a racing background. Um, you know, I came from the city. I got into horse racing and sometimes 
and I'm going to try and sometimes you do feel like a bit of an outsider uh, but um, that's obviously just a personal thing um, and I just need to stop worrying I suppose do you worry? Oh, God, constantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But not to the point where you feel you, you, you can control that. You don't feel that you, you worry to the point where it's actually detri detrimental to you or detrimental to your, your no, health. No, 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 God, no. Um, I mean, I d you worry about just the horse and, you know, performance and staff and the things that you actually have a physical ability to do something about. I don't worry about anything else. But yeah, it's caring. It's just caring about the job and the people and the horses. Yeah. Um, it's my life. And it will, sounds like it will carry on being your life because you simply can't get it out of your bloodstream. Well, I don't know what else I'd do. What do you think you would do? If racing got, if racing got turned off tomorrow, what would you do? What would you be good at? Um, <laughs> fella, fella delivered the biffa bin the other day. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yesterday morning, and uh, he just gets up at three o'clock in the morning, starts work at four, finishes at half past one in the afternoon, delivers bins, uh, loads of work, 35 grand a year. I'd probably do that. I don't know what else I'd do. <laughs> oh, it's true. Luck on Sunday. Proudly sponsored by Albasti Equiwell, Dubai.